Hello, hello there. My name is Mario with my co-host Corey. We are The Real Guys and this is The Real Show with two ears. We're going to make ten men feel like a hundred on today when we review the latest Star Wars offering by Disney+. Plus. Isn't that right, Corey? It's correct indeed. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing very well, thank you. Could you let the listeners and the viewers on our video version live on YouTube, coming to YouTube very soon. You can find us on The Real Show on The Real Show, R-R-E-L Show, or on Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts or your radio programs, we're going to be there, aren't we? We are indeed. And today, we're doing Disney Plus's and Star Wars' new Andor. Yes. The long-awaited pushback Andor. Yeah, well, uh, pushback to September 21st. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this a few days afterwards. Yes. Yeah. We've seen the, the series premiere. Normally yes. what we do, to explain the formats to people who... who well, I like to think about this sometimes. Sometimes I like to sit in my dark hole okay. and think about, what if someone's listening to the real show for the first time? Will they understand us? Will they get it? <laughs> Will they know? Because we know the long-time listeners know all about how we take on a series and whatnot. But new people might not be as versed True. Already, in how we, how we tackle a television series. We like to tackle a television series by reviewing the first episode when it comes out. Yep. Then, when the series is finished, yes. we do an overall review. Exactly. That gives us our first impressions and our final impressions. Yep. A nice beginning, middle, end. You yes. know, Facts, plot, condensed, story, squeeze it all together. We like that, don't we? Exactly. But with this, often with streaming services and streaming series, they like to release one, maybe two episodes yep. at a time. Kenobi did that. Kenobi did two. With Andor, they've released three because of the major pushback to the 21st because yes. of Cough, Cough, Rings of Power, Cough, Cough, House of the Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Came out at the same time. They didn't want to lose viewers to them. What they've done instead is released three episodes at yes. a series season premiere, as they call it, season premiere. So we're going to be reviewing that season premiere. We are indeed. We'll be taking you through... Our highlights, yep. our lowlights, and yep. at the end, we'll give that all-important real rating. Exactly. Take us into it, Corey. So, are we doing this? Are we just picking it random bits? Or are we picking it bits, it? whatever you like. Okay, well, I... Uh, this following on from Rogue One. We've both yep. seen Rogue One. Rogue One is a coveted film here at The Real Show. One of the only 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 reels. It's very important to us. One of the only... Two or three films. I think three. School of Rock got 10 out of 10. School of Rock got a 10. This got a 10. This got a 10. I what was the film? Did you end up redacting that? I redacted Hoodwink. Oh, you redacted Hoodwink. Yeah. So then I believe it is still only two. Okay. That has got ten. Yes. School of Rock and Rogue One. Yes, one each. Mm. Um, the best place to start is probably Andor. Yeah, and Cassian Andor Cassian himself. himself. Diego Luna takes the starring role. I'm a big fan of Diego Luna. Yes. If you heard me, he was on um, not not Conan. I think he was on Jimmy Kimmel or something. Okay. On the American. One of the they're, they're, they're all called Jimmy. They all laugh yeah. in a weird way. You know. You know who I'm talking about. He was talking about R2-D2, if you've heard this fact before. And in, in um, where Diego Luna is from, they yeah. have... I've, I've, ah, I've yes. I'm not. Have, you, have you heard about this I've before? I've heard the story, but I can't remember what he calls it. Right, okay. I know what he calls it. Okay. Then Diego Luna's from in Mexico. Yes. He's, I was not sure if he's Mexican or Spanish. He's a, Mex he's a, he's a Mexican. In, in Mexico, where he's from, they obviously Star Wars is very big all around the world. Yep. In Mexico, the character of R2-D2 is called Arturito. That's it. Which translates to Little Arthur. Yes. So he's gone for... He said he went for maybe 15 years of his life when he saw, first saw Star Wars thinking that R2-D2 is called Little Arthur. Yeah. And he didn't realise until later in his life that he was actually called R2-D2 yes. and not Arturito, which is Little Arthur. Yes. Or R2, as they say. Yeah. 
But uh, he's back. He's back. Back yeah. from Rogue One. <laughs> While I'm telling, let me just tell another Diego okay. anecdote. I've remembered it. <laughs> when he was on holiday with his kid, he's a father. Okay. He was holiday with his child. Uh, yeah. He was. Um, his kid was in the. They're in the pool together. Okay. And his kid was with some with some you know g- girls, peers his age, girls. Yep. And he'd just been cast. Diego Luna had just been cast in Star Wars, right? And obviously his kid's a big Star Wars fan as well. And Diego Luna was in the pool. He saw his um, his kid. Uh, talking up some girls and thinking, oh, you know, he's getting some action. I'll go over and I'll sort of swim over subtly and hear what he's talking about, right? Yeah. So Diego Luna swims over, kind of, you know, doing whatever he's doing, his backstroke, his front crawl. Goes over subtly to to kind of listen in to what his his kid's saying. And his kid sat around with the girls and going, yeah, so it's actually set before A New Hope, but after Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's explaining, like he's explaining Rogue One to them. Uh, anyway, I love. I'm a big fan of Diego Luna. Really, really. He's a good actor. Guy. Yeah, it's a great actor. Um, Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he's. Uh, and he carries this. He carries this with the. He's like a. I like. I like. I Cassian to like a Han Solo, yes. a Dash Rendar. Yep. You know the the charming, brooding, dark, handsome, yes. cold-hearted figure who's like, oh, he's a he's a scoundrel, but you but you're gonna learn to love him as the series goes on. Yes. Uh, however, in this, we kind of get that. But he's a bit more worried. He's yeah. a bit more kind of... There's a concern in his he's eyes. He's not quite he's... got that confidence no, yet. No, not... Yeah, that's a good point, actually, Corey. He's not got that confidence yet. And you see it down to the first scene. Yes. Where he's in the... Um, he goes to a planet called Mil- Milano One, yep. which is in the corporate sector, which we finally got the corporate sector in canon. They call it the corporate zone, mm. but it's confirmed to be the corporate sector. That goes as far back as 1978. goes as far back as the first ever Han Solo novel was released. The corporate sector was kind of like, say Star Wars is always called science fantasy. Yeah. Or space opera, yeah. right? The corporate sector was meant to be like a Blade Runner, very hard sci-fi area of Star Wars, where it's all ran by corporation. It's all ran by big business and big manufacturing in the galaxy. That's where the corporate sector will. Yeah. Me and Corey know this from a sort of ill-fated Star Wars D&D campaign we once embarked on, which actually took place in the corporate sector. Do <laughs> yeah. you remember that? I did. Uh-uh, that's where we that's where we know the corporate sector yes. from but the corporate sector here is played as that gritty grimy yep. world the underbelly the under yes. seedy underbelly of the galaxy which i love touching yeah anyway you know it's not huts and tatooine and boba fett and whatever yeah. it's it's you know red light district yeah. brothel yeah this is what we get he goes he goes into one straight away straight away and you see it he's looking for a girl from canary yes now another little detail to this is it was established in canon yep. previously that Cassian Andor was born on Fest. Yes. It's been said that it's in his Wikipedia page, yep. born on Fest. It was from a uh, from a visual guy, the Rogue One Visual Dictionary. That they release Visual Dictionary with every single film that comes out to you know, fill in gaps in canon and whatnot. And to give you little details. The Visual Dictionary for Rogue One came out in 2016, 2017 when the yep. film came out. And it's described Cassian Andor as being born on Fest. So, right, okay. And retcons happen all the time. Yes. Things get overlapped by creators. People have different things. You can't yep. always keep something in line. What, what not, whatever. Yeah, or you know, you want to Andor take walks into way. the first scene. Yep. Says he's looking for a girl from Canary. Yep. And I now you know me. I'm a very big Star Wars fan. I'm a, a very. Um, I keep up with the law. What do? I knew about Fest. Yep. And I was like, I thought, oh, I wonder if that's the planet he's on in the flashbacks, whatever. Uh, I breathed a small sigh of 
sadness for Fest. Yeah. Losing that fact. Like, oh, whatever. Fine. Okay. Retcon it. Oh, don't, doesn't really yeah. matter. It's, it's a tiny detail. No one, will, no one will care. But in the second episode, it's revealed yep. by his adoptive mother, Marva, yep. that she faked records yeah. and said that she's put in every documentation he's ever had that he was born on Fest. Yes. Which is just, which is just amazing. It's a nice way of covering it up. It's a nice way of covering it up to the fact that I, I just love that. That's, that's like an in-world retcon yeah. of the fact that he was in fact born on Canary, but his adoptive mother has covered yep. the fact that he was, they say born on Fest, mm-hmm. which is, I think is fantastic. That's how you should do it. I feel that's yeah. how you should do it. Like someone from the story group or someone from the, because they have these people who like are dedicated to the canon so much it's their job at Lucasfilm by a guy called Pablo Hidalgo who's like mm-hmm. the head of the story group. He prob- they probably had the stat in the story like oh he's on in on Canary and whatnot and someone came up to Tony Gilroy the showrunner and said actually do you know he was they say he was born on Fest is there a way we can work this in and right okay well we'll just say that she covered it up by putting it in there yeah I mean by making that sort of his fake identity you see uh, to be fair uh, you mentioned I didn't even realize that's a thing mm. I just assumed. Was but it's part of the plot was the Corsac agents. Yes. So we can't be from Canary. He says he was, everything so he's from is. Says he's born on Fest. Yeah. Because uh, they look him up and they're they like, look him up. They find him on the database. Yes. Uh, they get Cassian a picture of him. Or they get a picture of him. You know, a young picture of yep. Cassian, and say, "Oh, this can't be the guy. He's yeah. born on Fest. He's not from Canary." But then they get the girl from the brothel in. Yes. And she confirms it is Cassian. Yep. And he did ask about a woman from Canary, his Correct. younger sister, who he's been looking yes. for. But he's good. It's the same, mm. kind of the same thing from Rogue One, isn't it? It's, in a, it's, that, it's yeah. a bit more, it's a bit more timid. It's, it's a bit well, more. It's by the same people. Tony Gilroy yeah. wrote Rogue One. Yep. He's a very established screenwriter. He admits that he doesn't know Star Wars, which is I, I, not everyone's going to be a fan. I accept that. Yeah. They're just going to be creatives. I imagine everyone that ever directed the Marvel film may would never have really found a Marvel one. Yeah. But you can't be a diehard fan and take over the reins. Sometimes you've got to step back from that. I know if I'd make a Star Wars film, it'd be an absolute mess. It may be good, but it would be a mess, right? <laughs> yeah. It may be good, but it would be a mess. Maybe not really a shining uh, example of my own work there. Yeah. However, we have uh, Andor. He's he's on Molana One, which yep. is also the base of the corporate authority. Is also Priox uh, Molana, which is another company and their security forces who are identified as they're called corpos by that's kind of a slang term. They're also called yes. corsec agents or corporate security. Part of that corporate security is a chap called Cyril Khan, mm-hmm. who's a right Jobsworth <laughs> middle manager, and then Andor Gas- Cassian gets in a fight. Yep. On Molana, ends up killing two Priox Molana agents. Yes. Well, he accidentally workers. kills one. Accidentally kills one. But like headbutt headbutting to the into the back. Yeah, and then he did he trip or fall? I'm or assuming he f- hits his head. He hits his head. Yeah, when he fell. And then uh, the other one, he the just other guy's begging for his life, and he's shot in the head. Yes. Because ain't your grandpappy Star Wars? Yeah. We're killing people in cold blood. Ain't um, your grandpappy Star Wars? This ain't the Star. This is the wars. Pew pew. Bang yeah. bang. So they're, they're gone. And it gets to like the essentially police department. Yeah, the police. Yeah, the police department. <laughs> that was such a police department scene. Yeah, it the, is. The chief's behind his desk and he's like, "God damn it, you got me another case. Yeah. I can't. I've got to report to my superiors. I can't do it." And essentially, he's like, "Right, just just file an accident report. Say yeah. he, he fell over." The or whatever. guy, um, uh, Chief Hines. Yeah. Who's played by the same guy from Game of Thrones? I don't know the actor's name. I think it's Rupert something. Yeah. 
He's in Game of Thrones. He plays Jon Royce in Game of Thrones. Yeah. But he's another fantastic British actor. Really amazing. He's just like... He's got the police chief moustache and everything. He's got the police chief moustache. <laughs> he's like, you've got to cover this up. I yeah. can't report this. I've, this has to go on. Oh, God. Oh, oh you yes. rough. Oh, rough. Oh. And then you have the, uh, the young... Uh, like passionate passionate yeah very much he's like... very much he cares about the, the safe and safety and security yeah. of the empire it's, he's like oh but these are like these are our people but this can't go unnoticed yeah he doesn't care much I feel like he doesn't care much about the fact that two people have died he cares much about the fact that two Priox Milano workers have died yeah and he's all about the numbers he also might see this as an opportunity for him to take charge yes <laughs> especially with the person who is who is working with yeah the sort of deputy sergeant he gets uh, assigned, who is assigned to the to the planet of Ferrix, yeah. who seems very much on his wavelength. I mean, the um, the corp. I'm going to keep calling them corpos because that's what the subtitles yeah, say as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, I like them. It's 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 a step away from like the uh, the um, like the, the fifth brothers or the, yeah, the, the or the stormtroopers. The they're very or... different to the inquisitors because they're low level. Yeah. Like they're like. Duty cops, they're they're on the beat, on yeah. the beat coppers, right? Also, they're not equipped to handle this. They're all, they're all freak on a leash. It, it's it also makes sense for someone like Andor. Because if Andor went against like the Inquisitors or like the Stormtroopers, you're kind of thinking, know, yeah, it's a bit out of his depth here. These are low level. But this makes more sense. Guys yeah. who are just going on like human will and not and yeah. whatnot and going by the code and going by the rule book. He can outsmart these. It's like okay, that's that. He can fine. outsmart. Yeah, you'd believe he'd outsmart yeah. these guys because they're just. A bunch of goons. Pretty much. They're just a bunch of big goons. I can't yeah. Know, he's gone to the next street. Where is he? He's on the other street. I can't yeah. find him. It's like, <laughs> their level of incompetence is is it's believable. I feel like it's a believable level. Let's say yeah. the people level. And the fact that this guy, Sorrel Khan, is so annoyed that they keep losing him. Andor's got him. Andor's got a gun to his head in the, in the, yeah. the third episode. Well, and yeah. Ties him and up ties and him makes up. him give up the location or whatnot. <laughs> it's, it's believable enough. For these Corsac agents who are just completely... They're almost out of their depth for him. Yes. They're out of their depth dealing with him. Yep. Until presumably, right near the end, because you see it in the third episode when they've got away in the speeder, yep. he's just staring. He's staring it's like out. P- it's like PTSD almost. It's yeah. like he's never been in a... Fu- it's like this guy's sort of an office worker, but he's very dutiful yeah. and does his job to the letter. But he's not been in a war zone before. Yeah. He's never seen that fire and the death of his men and people getting shot to bits he's never seen that and I really appreciate I have a human moment I'm like it was that moment I'm like, I think this guy's my favourite character yeah Cyril Khan because of how believable he seems like a guy who's you know, we've all encountered sort of jobs worth in our lives before yeah. a guy who takes his job far too seriously but like, you ever think what's behind their eyes you ever think what are they thinking why do they do why are they so devoted to it yeah but I mean he is good I do like him mm. it's one of the people that Presumably, near the end, he's going to maybe get a bit more aggressive. He's a believable antagonist for the yeah, series. He's going to get a bit more that. aggressive. Maybe he'll get one up a couple more times and yeah. get him more annoyed, and he'll try and yeah. get a one up any way he can. He's a believable antagonist for the series. Um, I will say, and this just gets mentioned a lot with Star Wars stuff because it has a habit of doing this. Mm. The cast in this that are new, yeah, are quite good. Yes, the, yeah, a very strong new cast we have here. Not only Diego Luna, yep. we also have returning characters from Rogue One. We'll mm-hmm. see Mon Mothma later on in the series, played by Geneva O'Reilly. You mentioned before we recorded yep. someone else who's appeared in yes. Star Wars before. So, in the second episode, 
Right. Don't think he's in the first. Oh no, he is. He is in the first because it's when he goes to the shop. Um, but it's a guy who we find out his name is Tim. It's a great name for a man, by the way, in Star Wars. Just Tim. Yeah, it's Tim. two M's though. Tim with it's two M's. Two M's. Tim with two M's. You know he's in Star Wars. Exactly. It's sci-fi. It's Star Wars. Yeah. Tim with two M's. Um, and now I knew it wasn't Chris O'Dowd, mm. but in my head I kept seeing Chris O'Dowd right. before he looks like Chris O'Dowd. So I googled it and I thought, you know, who is it? He does look a bit like Chris. He does. So I went on IMDb. It wasn't listed. So, right. so I googled like Andor Tim, and it came up, and it was um I can't remember his name, the actor's name. Right. But it came up saying you might recognise, this is why you might recognise Tim. And I thought, oh, okay, I wonder if I, wonder if I, I recognise him. So I went in. Tim Carlo, we found, thank you, yep. Wikipedia. We're going to refer to Wikipedia on this. It turns out the actor for Tim was in Star Wars uh, Episode 7. Yes. Uh, as a X-Wing pilot known as Nivlek. Okay. So he's an X-Wing pilot in Episode 7. Okay, as, I found a culture as, slate article here. As a different guy, and now he's here as Tim. Tim, uh, <laughs> Tim Carlo. Yeah. Is played by James McArdle. Yep. Shout out to you, James McArdle. That's the one. Niv Lake. Niv Lake, by the way, which is Kelvin. Uh, sorry, Kelvin backwards. Yes. Because uh, I forgot why it's called that. It's for someone's grandfather, I think. It's a reference to someone's grandfather, I believe. He plays Niv Lake. Yes. In the, in the Force Awakens, yeah. a X-wing pilot. So maybe he's maybe he's a relative <laughs> of this guy. <laughs> is what I was considering. Maybe they're just related. Yeah. Maybe he's a relative of this guy. Uh, surname of J.J. Abrams' grandfather, which he frequently includes in his work. There we go. That's Kelvin's first surname. Yeah. Maybe he's a, maybe he's a relative of Tim Carlo. Maybe he's like Tim Carlo's distant yep. grand uh, grand grandson. But he's here. He is the uh, jealous, envious partner. Yep. And uh, is his name Bix? Yeah. Bex. Uh, Beck. Uh, one of them. I thought she initially he was saying Bex. It may have been Bix. Uh, come on. Yeah, B-I-X, Bix Colleen. Yes. yes. I really liked her. I, I really like Bix. I feel like she is, she's that more down-to-earth character from the series yes. who, that moment when the the Corsac agents have got her on the ground yeah. and to get the handcuff and then Tim, Tim, two M's, <laughs> runs in and he's like, no, stop, you're duh. And they just, got, they just, just gun him just, in the street. Well, one man guns him in the street. One man guns him in the street. And then gets sent to like sit on the ship. He says to sit on the <laughs> ship. Gets like grounded. He just get grounded. <laughs> but that felt real. Yeah. That felt like, you see all these horrible videos of, of police dash cams and stuff like that, people yeah. getting wrongfully killed in the street. It's, it's absolutely abhorrent I mean disgusting this is the other thing that this does as well it, it felt real it felt real well, it, it also paints people in because Tim isn't necessarily a bad person no, no. he reports Cassian because he's worried that Cassian's gonna is, in, is a danger mm. and is gonna essentially get his girlfriend involved mm. and so he reports Cassian that's why um, they know that it is Cassian in the yeah, first place yeah that's why place. the Corsac show up um, but then he realises that wait a minute his girlfriend isn't going to stop helping him anyway, and then it ends with him getting shot, and presumably, yeah, either really injured or dead. Dead. I think he's dead. Probably yeah, his body weren't moving on the ground. <laughs> he's dead. Um, and it does that. There's a couple of people where it's like they're not bad, but they're not good in the eyes of like maybe the the hero. Yes, but they're not bad either. Like they've got a reason why they're doing it. Mm. Um, but you've got Tim, you've got Bex, you've got um, uh, Marva. Should be about Marva. Yes, Marva's very interesting. Yep. Because she's the adoptive mother of Cassian Andor. She finds him on Canari. Because yep. what happens is a frigate crashes in onto Canari, smoking yep. lands. And it's, a, it's like a Lost Boys kind of situation. Lost yeah. Boys, Peter Panish, where all these children are living together in a village. Yes. And, and Cassian, as he's called, or Cassian, is one of them. 
and Casa is has a younger sister. They go with there's like a foraging party. They get sticks yeah. and you know it's like oh do 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 we're off to go and see the ship, and they they're walking by. Casa sees this massive um, hole in the ground. Yeah, it's like a mine. It's like a they've strip mined it and yes. they've mined the the. Planet Canary completely to the bottom. Yep. It's a huge hole. There's abandoned mining equipment. I'm thinking, well, what when did this take place? Yeah. It's just early Empire. They don't give the year very much. No, they say don't. five BBY comes up on the screen in uh, in yes. on Milana one, and I was shocked because that is the first time we've ever seen five BBY mentioned. Yeah. In a show, do you know it's five years before the events of Rogue One? Yeah. But um, he sees this massive he hole. He sees a massive hole. We don't know whether that was done by Republic or Separatist. What yeah. I'm about to say is it may be the end of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Because what they see is on the crashed frigate, there are men lying about. Who are yellow. Who are yellow men. No, they're not aliens. No, Initially, but... I thought they were Mirrolands, which yeah. is what Luminara and Dooley is, a Mirrolund. But they're yellow, but they didn't have the head markings. Yeah. So I don't know whether they were... They're not Mirrolands. They're I... humans that have been Somewhat... turned yellow. Yeah, but like a gas or something. Like ga- yeah, it, there was a mentioned... gas coming out of the ship. It's mentioned in the third episode. So, yeah. Because the guy's like, oh... They have gas masks on. Yeah. Marva and her partner, and There's, have masks on. Yeah. Because he goes to like the taxi place, and yeah. he's like, "Oh yeah, I've not heard of this place either." There was a mining disaster, and everyone died. So yeah. assumedly, some they just dig too far, and something came up. But, or yeah, something. but or that frigate was, or that frigate had the gas in it, and it yeah. caused the the disaster. Yes. And there's one guy who's not. He's still quite. He's still with him. Not quite dead yet. No, no. And he gets well, up. Interesting. interesting. The, the, the men, yeah. did you see what uniforms they were wearing? Uh, white ones. You looked it up. White ones, yeah, but did you see what was on the uniforms? Um, yes. I can't remember what it's called. It was the, it was the, it was the separatist standard. It yes. was the logo of the Confederacy of Independent yeah. Systems. And there's a bit of controversy. Oh, I don't say controversy. There's a bit of discussion yes. as to Marva recounts that there are Republic officers mm-hmm. and there's a Republic frigate incoming. Yes. So Republic officers... Who are wearing separatist uniforms? Yeah. Or conf- now we're we're not going to say this is a costuming error or anything like that because we know this is Star Wars when everything's down to the the Grand Inquisitor isn't dead, guys. <laughs> we know this is down to we know this is down to the <laughs> finest detail. So someone has said, right, we need to put you guys in separate for some reason, right? Yeah. Fest Fest was retconned, but it was retconned correctly with it being the document changing or yep. whatever. In Obi Wan, the Grand Inquisitor was alive. Yeah. Da, da, da. So we know that this will be explained. I expect this to be explained somehow. Yeah. It'll, there'll By be the more flashbacks. These are Republic officers in separatist uniforms. Yeah. There was discussion as to whether, because later in the Clone Wars, this did happen. There was there was discussion of whether this was possibly a false flag operation. Yeah. If you know what that is, and this and a frigate with with uh, Republic officers on it, dressed in separatist uniforms, was crashed on Canary. Yeah. Because of the mining disaster. To cover, to, well, no, there was no mining disaster. Let me just say this first off: there was no mining disaster, because in Rogue One, yeah. what does Vader say to Krennic about Jeddah? Um, they blow up Jeddah. You know, they blow up Jeddah yeah. with the Death Star. You have to remember, we watched it like two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, they blow up Jeddah with the Death Star, <laughs> and Krennic goes to Vader's castle. He does, and Vader says to him, and I quote: "He says there is no Death Star. The Imperial Senate has been informed that Jeddah was destroyed in a mining disaster." Yeah. So mining disaster it's just for code sounds word. like the code word for <laughs> well, for we've messed this planet yeah, up. Let's cover yeah. it somehow. Yeah. Um. Uh, what, oh, Jim, from what do you think, Jim? Uh, mining disaster. Great idea. We'll tell them that. <laughs> tell the Senate that. <laughs> I feel like mining disaster is, is, is indeed the code word for I mean, we've messed this planet up somehow. Yeah. I mean, let's just cover it. We're three episodes in. It'll probably mm. be explained by It will be explained. 
Thoughts on now that the bioweapon that was a bioweapon carried on that frigate yeah. with Republic officers in separatist uniforms to blame the Confederacy yeah. for destroying Canary or ruining Canary somehow. Yeah. Or that they did mine and they found something either that was very valuable and they wanted to get off world or something unpleasant. They thought oh, we need to we need to cover this up somehow. Oh, we'll just crash this ship and say it was a separatist. Yeah. Because the separatists lost the war. So we'll just crash this ship and say it was the separatists. Yeah. So that so that would that would work ideally. That would yep. serve as a cover. But uh, they find the thing. As they a... find they go Andor goes little Andor, six year old boy, Cassian Andor. Yep. Goes into the ship, wrecks it all up, and also it was a Republic ship. Yeah. Because the interior was Republic, not separatist. So there's little clues, little clues yep. hanging about. Marva comes in, yes. young version of Marva, and, and B two emo, and and her partner, her guy, but I don't know the name of. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> um, I recognise the actor. Yeah. I mean, the actor's been been something before. So it says it. What episode? It's episode three. three. Yeah, it happens in episode three. Yeah. We don't get the explanation until episode three. Because I was really curious. Because I saw the separatist standard on their uniforms, and I was like, "What is that? Why have they got the separatist uniform on?" And I was very confused because I knew it was sort of the end of the Clone Wars, roundabout the yeah. end of the Clone Wars. And we do see, I believe it's a Star Destroyer over Canary. So we know that the Imperials do get involved somehow, whether it's later in the. Whether it's the war effort, later in the war effort. Uh, Clem. His name's Clem? Yes. Okay. Says it in a flashback. Marva and her husband, Clem. Oh, husband Clem. Oh, I thought it was just a uh, just hunting partner. So did I. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Husband um, Clem. Yep. And B2 Emo's there as well. Correct. Who is the star of the series. Yeah. They always decide to come up with like a... It's always a droid. Psych- always a droid. It's always a droid. Leia's little yep. ladybug, whatever it was called. Um, was it called... I don't know what it was called. Le- Leia's little bug droid. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ones now. K2SO from Rogue One. BB-8. Yeah. DO from Episode 9. Yeah. R2-D2, always. Always. Um, what's the one from uh, Rebels? The one from Rebels. Chopper yeah. from Rebels. They've all got... Everyone's got a droid companion. And B2 Emo is a little red kind of stack droid. He's got little rollers and he rolls around... His dialogue is very funny. I like the comedy. I turn this into my own script whenever I write sci-fi. Always make the sort of non-human characters the comedy relief. I yeah. feel like that's the that's a must. The droid is like, I cannot, I cannot lie, Cassian. That will take up my power reserves. He's running out of power all the time. Yeah. He's like a faulty iPad. He always runs out of power. Has to recharge. Even when even when the security interrogate him, they go to the they go to the charging station. He's just there. They put their guns at him and whatnot. <laughs> and he's the, he's, Cassian's on the comm link to him. However, Cassian has found a very important Imperial well, device. He's found a yes. box. He's uh, found a box. He wants to get rid of the box. He does. He wants to sell it. He wants to sell, but who to? He tells to Bex. Bex. Bex? Yeah. Bex. I think we've, just, we've literally just discovered it. What was it again? <laughs> it's, I think it's Bex. Okay. But I, I, I did initially hear him say Bex. Yeah. Maybe that's his accent. However, he speaks to Bex, and Bex contacts her, her friend, yes. and it is Luthan Rail, yes. played by Stellan Skarsgård, uh, real show uh, alumni, Stellan Skarsgård. We've talked about him before. We he have. was in. Uh, was it, what was he in before that we talked about? I, I was about to say Dune, but we didn't review the Dune he was in. We. we Skarsgård. Uh, we must talk about Stellan Skarsgård yes. at some point. What we got? He was in Thor, Dr. Selvig in Thor, Mamma Mia. 
Mamma Mia 2. We haven't covered any Mamma Mia. Here we go. Oh, dang. He was in... I guess I do in 2021. He was Baron Harkonnen in doing 2021. Great actor, fantastic actor. Sounds guys, guys. Shout out to you. This might be a first time MVP. Well, <laughs> I don't you think can it. be a friend if he wants to be. <laughs> it's Stellan Skarsgård. It's Luthen Rail. Yes, he's like Cassian Andor. I want to see you the rocks. Yeah, I like how during this whole thing, when he's been under, let's have a little conversation. <laughs> yes. But the most important thing, but the most interesting thing about this scene to many people was Cassianandor's blaster pistol. Do you know about Cassianandor's blaster pistol from this scene? No, he has one. He's got a big sort of chunky handgun. He does. And it's a briar pistol, okay. which is the famous weapon of Dash Rendar, right. who is who was created for the Shadow of the Empire novels and, and video games, yep. who was famously the person that, took, that stole the Death Star plans in Legends. Oh, okay. So, fourthly, Rogue One isn't Legends, it's canon. Yes. Uh, Rogue One never existed in Legends. Neither did yeah. any of the characters featured in it. Neither did Cassian Andor. But the Briar Pistol was actually canonised by Star Wars Battlefront. Okay. And it it was in Star Wars Battlefront, and it appeared in this for the first time in live action. There we go. And it is the weapon, the signature weapon of Dash Rendar, who was kind of like he was kind of like replacement Han Solo. Yeah. Like Han Solo got frozen in carbonite, and in everyone kind of panicked in the in the. Novel and video game people thinking we've not got Han Solo anymore. He's in a, he's in a grey box. He's in Carbonite in Jabba's palace. What do we do with him? Like, oh, oh, I don't know. We'll just invent someone else who's kind of like exactly like Han Solo. Yeah. But we're just going to call him Dash Rendar, and we're going to give him a ship that's kind of like the Millennium Falcon but isn't. Yeah. And we're going to give him a droid that's kind of like Chewbacca but he's not. And we're going to give him a DL44 pistol that's kind of like Hans but it isn't. It's a Briar pistol. And he's, well, that's what Andor uses. Yes. Nice callback to that. However, they can't, in fact, take what Andor's trying to no. sell him because the Corsac agents arrive and they're blowing up the joints. Yes. And, well, to be fair, he might not have even wanted what he was selling anyway because he no. just wants Andor. He wants Andor to fight for him yeah. in his burgeoning Rebel Alliance. Well, not, Rebel, not yet the Rebel Alliance because Rebel Alliance doesn't form until Star Wars Rebels. Yes. He wants to form a Rebel cell, a Rebel group yeah. to fight against the Empire. Yes, because he's like, I know who you are. I know what happened to your father, um, mm. et cetera, et Because, like, oh, where did you get it from? I'll give you a thousand more credits if you tell me where you got it from. Yes. Um, and at the so end of that... Just walk in. Yeah. At the end of that, they uh, blow the door up. Blow the door up. The, 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 the people arrive. Yes. The Corsac agents arrive in their... Um, do you know what those gunships are called? Nope. They're called TAC pods. Okay. T-A-C pods. You know so it's T- sci-fi. It stands for... It probably stands for something like tactical armoured carrier or something. Yeah. It's just TAC in caps. It's called a mobile tack pod. Okay. It looked like, I thought it looked like an LAAT gunship. You know the clone gunships? <laughs> no, no, no. Have you ever seen those clone gunships? The clone, the clone Wars Republic gunship? I've probably seen, seen them, gunship but I don't before. remember them. Look it up. It looks, it looks like a Republic gunship, kind of. It's got the sort of boosters at the back and the wings, and it's one of the most famous Star Wars uh, vehicles ever, the Republic gunship. Oh, okay. It's got the sort of the chin-mounted yeah, gun yeah. the same way that the, the tack pod has. Okay. It's, that's what it's called. It's called a mobile tack pod or a tack gunship. Yeah. There we are. And they, and they, they, I was about to say they detach, but they do detach from like a sort of a pyramid-style hyperspace carrier, which looks really, really cool. Look at that. I know it could have been probably like a Gozanti or a, or a, or an Arquitans class or something, but I'm, yeah. I'm glad they, they created its own sort of ship that's able to carry because they're like on a wheel. It's like on a rotating wheel underneath the ship, and the gunship's kind of 
come out of the side, which is cool. Yes. And, and it's also the fact that they can't fly in space. They can't. They probably don't have hyperdrives, so they need a hyperdrive-capable ship like a carrier to carry yep. them around. But yeah, I mean, they, they inevitably escape. They do escape because of your what was his name of the friend that works in the works in the scrapping industry? Uh, his name is the guy with the hard hat. Yes, I literally it's uh, where is it? I've just seen it. I feel like he may be a bit of a, a Brasso. Brasso, yeah. yes. I feel like he may be a bit of a favourite as well. He keeps appearing. He just seems like a really good guy. Yeah. He seems like a really friendly fellow. He's like, you know what, Cassian, I'll I'll cover for you if yeah. you've been out at night, and I'll just say, I'll, we just got into a, you know, we just got drunk together, and then yeah. you came over here to apologise to me. He's already thinking of alibis, whatnot. He always seems to have Cassian's back. He always defends yeah. him. Then when the Corsac agents arrive and they're sweeping the area, uh, is it Brasso? Yes. Uh, he ties up one of the tack gunships to the to the scrap. So uh, initially, I thought we see him walking away from the gunship, and I think he's done something to that yeah. gunship. He's made it. He's he's like turned off the engine or whatever. <laughs> but no, when the guy gets in, the guy who shot Tim Two M's gets in the gunship to fly away. It takes off, yep. but it's stuck to a cable. Yeah. It swings around, swings around, and then it blows up into yep. the side of the what I believe is a Venator or something like that they're dismantling. Yes. Because it's not mining, it's scrapping, which is something that started in Star Wars Fallen Order. Yeah. You recognise they're wearing the, gear, the Strapper's Guild gear. So scrapping was something that was invented after the Clone Wars to dismantle all of the Clone yeah. Wars tech and whatnot and to, you know, create jobs for the Empire or some kind of crap like that, right? Yeah. And then ship goes boom. Yeah, ship goes boom. And then they think they're behind and them. And then the officer, yeah. And the officer says, <laughs> I won't repeat it, obviously, for yeah. off-com reasons, but the officer says an expletive yes. that I didn't even catch until a few minutes later. There's a lot of expletives in this. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few of them. I have ever said that before. I, I, had, a look, I had a look on uh, uh, Reddit. Shout out to you, r slash Star Wars Leaks. <laughs> Shout out to you. They have a great discussion forum. And I was reading the discussion forum, and this came up, and they said, well, they have said it before in a book. Okay. In a, in a, strangely, it's a book about Padme. Uh, they've said this word before, okay. and it was called Queen's Peril or something, Queen's yeah. Shadow or whatever. One of those Padme books. They said that in the word before. I was like, all right, okay. Well, I imagine it's just a it's just a word for a yeah. you know defecation. It yeah. can't be that used in that context. Say, oh, something's gone wrong. Yeah, that word. It can't be. It can't be that bad, really. They've they've said several words before. Yeah, they have. The, of of the level of that word. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to let it swing. But uh, yeah, they get away. It's also more mature. Yeah, I feel like doesn't... this show is very mature Star Wars. Like people get shot in the head, and people, there's executions, there's office politics, and yeah, guy eating blue noodles. It's True. all there. Did you, did you see him? He had I a, saw the blue noodles. He had a. You can buy those at Galaxy's Edge. Great. They come with like a little kind of stir fry situation. Nice, nice bit of merchandise. And for you them. can get blue noodles. Yeah. Blue noodles. They're called. They're called. called yeah. Called something. I no. I, I, something. I saw him. With, with, with his little pals, his little was, pal, yeah, yeah. So walking towards desk. him. They, that's that's perfect because that reminds me of I wrote um, when I was in college. Yeah, I wrote a screenplay once because we were doing a screenplay class in my film studies class for A level, and we did. You were allowed to write any screenplay, whatever. Okay. And people said, "Oh, can I write like a Marvel thing, whatever?" And I yeah. asked um, the teacher. I said, "Can I write something to do with Star Wars?" And they're like, yeah, but you're not allowed to put like Darth Vader in it. Or they don't, they don't put any big kind of right. Okay, fair enough. Okay. So I, I effectively wrote, I wrote like an office scene in Star Wars. Yeah. And it was two Imperial like, um, adjudicators or something like office workers, like doing admin, 
like imperial administrators doing like admin in an office. Yeah. And at the end of the and at the end of the at the end of the short, their their office gets attacked by the rebels or something like that. Yeah. And the base is blown up and they're both killed. And it, I felt like sort of flashbacks to that because you know they're sort of la- the, the Corsac agents who aren't Cyril Khan, who isn't you know, are kind of lounging on their desks, going, "Oh, I don't really care about this guy called Andor. He's just a just a dude." And they're trying to persuade him from not like going insane. And then I was like, "We must catch him. We must catch this miscreant." You didn't accidentally send your script to Tony Gurwal, did you? I may have done. <laughs> I may have done. He may have copied that scene where the guy's eating takeout and, yeah. and lounging over his, uh, being lazy over his work. Maybe I, I did. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the, the scenes with the officers that are yeah, the corset not bothered. People are, yeah, they're very, I like those. Are I quite like good. Corsac scenes, yeah. I really like the look of their bases. Well, that is very Blade Runner. Did you see the look yeah. how their base looks? The, the, corp, the Corsac sort of headquarters. Their base looks very Blade Runner-ish, doesn't it? With the big uh, cube-like structures that are just layered on yeah. top of each other. Even down to the smaller characters, like... Uh, Salmon Pack. Do you know Salmon Pack? Is that the the guy? Ta- taxi the guy, man. No, no, the guy from Ferrix with the beard and the sort of long hair. Oh, him. He 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 bangs the he hits the yes. thing. He hits the warning sign. I'm not sure what that was supposed to be because the Corsac agents arrive in town in episode three. They're raiding the town looking yeah. for Rand, looking for Cassian. They they hold his adoptive mother Marva hostage. Yep. And Salmon Pack and Bix go around sort of. Making noise, hitting the hitting the drums, whatever, hitting the kind of yeah. wind chimes, and making a noise to sort of stir up the stir up the townspeople. I I just assumed it was just to let everyone. Yeah, know early that, warning sign. Yeah, the people over here. They're here yeah. exactly. And even the guy at the start, because that guy's the hero. The guy with the two hammers yep. that goes up to the tower every morning. That's like your cockerel in the morning. Yeah. Because this guy who goes up to the tower every morning, he gets his hammers and he goes, ho. Huh, he just does, does poses and then he goes dong on the sort of metal slab yeah. or whatever it is and rings out that it's the morning time or it's curfew or whatever yep. people go to sleep wake up it's like it's like an alarm clock it's it, it's got very much weird elements of actual just real life yeah like that like how can you make a church bell but have sci-fi a, have a man with two hammers who hits a yeah. metal slab I do. like that yeah, that would do. There's a, a guy's walking his dog. What kind of dog? It's like a it's a Corellian hound from yes, Solo. Yes, two massive hounds. Two massive hounds. He's walking, and they they were like picking up bones yeah, and were. stuff. Oh, yeah. I like those. I like those little it's, dogs. It's got very much got moments of. Do you know what they do? Is they CGI over real dogs. Do you know oh, they did okay. that? That's smart. What they do is they have dogs and they just have them wearing like yeah ping pong ball, yeah. not like a suit, but like a ping pong ball harness. Yeah, and they just CGI the dogs. So those dogs are like moving like actual dogs. Okay. They CGI over actual dogs. That's smart. Which is cute, I think. But it's, it's a very, very good opener. Very good start. Yeah, season, I call it series premiere, these yeah. first three episodes. We have yet to see Mon Mothma yeah. or Coruscant or any of that nature, which I feel like it's good. Hold off on that. Because yeah. that's your money. Hold off on that. Yep. We yet to see a TIE fighter or a stormtrooper, yep. which is very interesting. It reminds me of um, a Grand Admiral Thrawn quote where he says that most Imperial citizens live their lives in relative comfort without ever seeing a TIE fighter or, or a, hearing a TIE fighter or seeing a stormtrooper, yeah. is what he says. Which I feel like is very true to this. It's a lot of small town Star Wars, which I yeah. really appreciate. We had a bit of it in Book of Boba Fett with Moss Esper, but it was the fact that people... that the, the galaxy is inhabited by trillions and trillions and trillions of people. Some people will never have seen or heard of the Force... 
some people will never have seen uh, a stormtrooper or a tie fighter or know anything of what we know of the galaxy yeah and i find those areas really fascinating as I said, when I was when I was writing the script and it was told I couldn't put Darth Vader in it, I wrote about two office people yeah. arguing about ink pots or stuff like that. They were, so they were arguing about ink pots, the fact that someone keeps stealing their data pads or whatever. Someone keeps stealing, effectively, their laptops. Yeah. I wrote about really mundane things. But you make it interesting by by their sort of level of conversation. Even, like, even the guy, even the taxi guy, yeah. who's like, who's looking up this canary and, and, and Andor is trying to get a... Pass- were you trying to get passage off world or something like trying yeah. to get a, a he was trying to get he was trying to get away um and the alien guy's like nip, nip, yeah. nip, nip. and the guy and the guy the taxi thing's like yeah whatever i don't believe you the guy's he's not he's looking for canary i've never heard of it before yeah. you know like, look he's just in my like that guy's never heard of anything <laughs> that guy doesn't know what tatooine is you yeah. know you know load of tatooine it's like got sand in it i think <laughs> like, that guy's i love that guy because he's just like a nine to five Kind of worker that just happened to be in Star Pretty Wars much. doing the job. Yeah, I I appreciate that a lot. The 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 lived in world, the, the, the lived in world, and the world building is yeah. fan is top of the line. Yeah, no, it's it's very good, and it's a very good opener. It's about we're about a quarter of the way through. It's twelve episodes, finishes in November, so about a quarter of the way through. And as far as openers go. Granted, it's a few episodes, but as far as openers go, very, st- I say very, very strong. strong. I say it got better as it went on as well. Yeah. The first episode was a bit slow at times, was my only bit. criticism. I didn't really leave it going, yeah, wow, yeah. Star Wars. I was like, okay, I'm glad I can watch the second one, yeah. is what I thought. It didn't really leave me with that sort of punch that maybe Obi-Wan did or something mm. like that, or... or um, the Mandalorian or something yeah. like The Mandalorian would leave you with something where like, wow, yeah, Star Wars. This was kind of like, okay, well, I'm glad the second episode's out yep. so I can watch that afterwards. Yep. And it did get better. By, by episode three, yes, I was in. Yeah. By episode three, I was like, mm, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I was like, I could have watched another 10 after yeah. that. But the first episode did leave it a bit on a lower point. A little bit. But uh, no, I think as far as an opener goes, I think it's very strong. Mm. Very, very good. A real rating? Do you have one? I all, would three, all three? Or are you talking about episode? All three, okay. I would say for all three... Uh, I'm going to have to push you it. I'd give it an eight. Eight, okay. I was, I was gonna torn go for, between an eight or an 8.5. I was going for an 8.5. I was going to okay. go for actually a nine when you when I first said it to you. Okay. I was thinking a nine is very strong indeed. Yeah. I feel like an 8.5 is more measured, maybe an eight or a 7.5. Yeah. Hovering around that sort of level, and we're a very positive show. We don't. Yeah, like we to, are. I see. Yeah, we're probably one of the most positive <laughs> shows out there. Yeah, it's very rare we have an issue with something. Very rare. Correct. We do. We do. We do. But it's How very rare we have an issue with something. Because I've seen the videos. Have you seen those YouTube videos like Ten Ways Andor ruins the canon? Yeah. Ten Ways Andor is a, not a good show. Andor's really bad. It's like, well, is it? I'm sure, like, Tony Gilroy is a damn good screenwriter. Yeah. And he knows how to construct a world. He did it in Andor with Gareth Edwards, who's also who's also bloody awesome. Yep. And this feels like the world of Rogue One. And the Rogue One world is something that I really love. Yeah. And I know I know Tony Gilroy's not been outspoken. In fact, he doesn't know Star Wars very well. What, right, okay, sure. And your point is, some people don't know Star Wars very well. Uh, Taika Waititi forgot that but forgot that uh, Natalie Portman was even in yes, Star Wars. Yes, he did. Do you remember that? Yeah. She was on set for Thor: Love and Thunder. Taika's directing a Star Wars film in I don't know, a few years. Whenever it comes out. Yeah, whenever. If it comes, it comes out. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and turns to Natalie and says, "Natalie, do you want to be in my Star Wars film?" And Natalie Portman looks him dead in the face and says, 
I've already been in Star Wars, yeah. Taika. I've been, I was in those three <laughs> films, remember? Yeah. I was a very like, big character in those three films. Apparently, Taika doesn't even know that. So, <laughs> that's, that's all you need to know, really. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's a good, good start. As far as Andor goes, yes. It's we are start. giving it up. A real show, stamp for approval. Go yes. out and watch it. Watch the episode of Andor. When are we getting new ones? Is it Wednesdays or Fridays? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Because the next Excellent. one is September 28th. Right. The 26th so, th- so there'll be there'll be an episode coming out relatively soon to when this uh, yep. when this goes out. Yeah, pretty much. Which will be nice to watch. And we, we, we there's a big um, there's a big crew on this. Of course, Kathleen Kennedy is executive producer. She's yep. had a Lucasfilm. Tony Gilroy, Diego Luna takes executive producer role Correct. as well. Uh, Tony Gilroy and his brother Dan, Dan Gilroy, Gilroy in writing. Here. Yep, yep. There's a couple of writers on this. And B.U. Willemon as well, who's written loads of Star Wars projects. Correct. He's very uh, well-versed. And the uh, just a little note. Um, okay. I'm on Wikipedia, and Alan Tudyk is listed, listed in the cast. Mm. And there was we were assured that t- t- K- I was about to say TK. No, K2SO is listed. Isn't listed I for the saw series. That. I saw that. I think like so we don't IMDB know or be, something had him yeah. on. And then I think they took him off, or didn't they? Didn't they? I, I, Something like that. I saw K two S O somewhere yeah. today when I was looking up Tim. <laughs> yeah. Sort of on something. But we don't know whether we think it'll probably be the end of the series. Yeah. We'll see K two S O. But yeah. that's what happened in a comic. I don't know whether they'll adapt, adapt that or they'll wreck on it. Yeah, true. We're not sure either way. People are saying that B that B two emo could turn into K two S O or something mm. like that. They, there's wild theories. Yeah. However. I wonder whether you'd like to hear about my weekly rec. Yes, it's your turn. Yes, it is. Now, last week, we did... Oh, you have to remind me. Last week, we recommended The Last Goodbye. Yes, it was a song we did because we did Lord of the Rings, The Rings yes. of Power. Yes. And it was The Last Goodbye by Billy, Billy Boyd. Boyd. That's correct. Yeah. And Don Mon- and Don Monaghan. Yes. Who plays uh, Pippin. No, yeah. he's Merry. Yes. Lord of the Rings, whatever. Billy Boyd is Pippin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Merry Pippin. Onion, whatever their podcast is called. <laughs> Onion. Is it what is it called? Friendship Fre- Onion. Friendship Onion. That's right. Yes. Shout out to you, Friendship Onion. They definitely listen to us. Yeah, of course they do. Yes. But you did a song. Yeah. Now it's very rare we do songs. It is. Sometimes we do. People have come up. Of course, Novel the poet. We've yeah. had shows. We've had films. I don't think we've ever had this before. Okay. Right. This isn't quite a, re- a weekly wreck because okay. I don't expect people to go out and actually get this. But if you have, then good for you. But I expect people to at least give it a look. Okay. This is not a TV show, not a film, not a person, not a not a, not a piece of concept art. Is it an audio book? Not an audio book. Okay. Not a book. Okay. Not a not a podcast. Not a song. Not any. Not something that you'd think. Okay. This is a Lego set. Okay. Other other brick building block toys are available, but they're not as good. Yeah. If you're going to buy a brick building block toy, you're going to buy Lego, aren't you? Yeah. This is Lego Star Wars Ambush on Ferrix. Okay. Now, you've heard of this. We've talked about this at the start of the episode, didn't we? Slightly. Because this was originally my plan to bring onto this show. Yes. To build for the YouTube version or to make a, maybe make a separate video. I imagine you're looking it up right now as I speak, Corey. I've got it right in front of me. And what do you see, Corey, when you take a look at a picture of the Ambush on Ferrix set? I see... Uh, I'm assuming it's yes, Lego Ambush and Ferrex. I see a, a speeder bike. Yes, yeah, speeder bike. And I see the ship. This the, the indeed the tack gunship you yep. see. I also see can I, can, gunship, yeah. can I zoom in please? Can I zoom in? Three minifigures. There is, is that's what I'm trying with? to yeah, zoom in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to zoom into. 
Look at Google Images. There's there's right, Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor, yeah. There's Luthal. Luth Luthan Rail, and there's. I'm assuming that's the young one. Yeah, Saral Khan. Yeah. That is. Also I can't Saral quite Khan. make up his name. This was yeah. Well, this was the first time <laughs> Saral Khan was named. Okay. Saral Khan was named in this set. We didn't know what his name was up until now. Saral Khan was named when this set came out. So this is Ambush on Ferrix. Yeah. It ha it is uh, set number seven five three three eight. Great. For nine nine and plus. Yeah. So even I can buy it. Yeah. That's we're, right. We're in that age bracket. We're in that age bracket. We are. It comes with the speeder bike, which way is they escaping? You notice because yes. they crash that speeder in the they street on the other one. and then they drive the speeder bike away. Yeah. It comes with Andor and Luthan Rail. They can sit on the speeder bike, and the 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 reason why people buy this set is going to be for the for the gunship. Isn't yeah. it? It's going to be for the tack pod. Yeah. It's going to be for the the tactical gunship because you've got seating for five minifigures. You put five people in it. There's this gunship opens up from the top. You can get the cockpit. You can have people sitting inside. I do find it interesting. I'm assuming you have an image up or something. Yeah, I do. Uh, in the bottom left corner, it's a picture of Cassian and a... <laughs> a stormtrooper, yeah. yeah. Well, I imagine the stormtroopers will appear in this appear series. At some point, They're in the yeah. trailer, so we'll yeah. know the stormtroopers will eventually turn up in Andor. But probably, it's weird. It's weird they've probably just gone, wait a minute, no one might not know who we are. Whack a stormtrooper yeah, on. Yeah, whack a stormtrooper on there. People will realise, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is often, with these branded TV show sets, they only make one set, but then later yeah. in the year they'll make more. So what I imagine is we have this set right now, but maybe in the future we'll get like Luthan Rail ship yeah. or something, or 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 like the Cantwell Destroyer, something like that. Also, fun fact: the ship fires. The ship fires. It does. It has a spring. It's got spring a little pellet coming out of there. Yeah, yeah. On the top, you see a little gun on the top. It's got like yeah. they can fire like studs. You, you've seen it when, when we built the speeder bike. It has the little guns on it. You know. I will say, uh, good luck rating this if you're going to rate it. Yes, I am going to rate it, and I'm going to give it. <laughs> well, I don't own it. Well, nice I don't thing. own it. However, I have watched, shout out to you, uh, Jang Bricks on okay. YouTube. Shout out to you, Lego Jang on YouTube. I watched his review and I'm going to give it uh, a 7 out of 10 okay. reels. There we go. Maybe if I own the set, the rating will more. go up. And I do intend to own this set. It's currently, I found it on lego.com for about 60 quid. Okay. I may end up trying to buy it cheaper if it ever comes out on Smith's. It's not on Smith's at the minute. I would, you know, buy it on Toys R Us, but those days are gone. However, there's a lot of Lego Stars coming out right now that I'd actually do want. There's an ATSD I'd like to buy. There's, there's, the, of course, the ATTs yep. come out recently as well, which I'm sure you've seen, and the Scythe from the K- Kenobi with the Inquisitors. Yes. That's all. For, and Lego right now is, is pricey, pricey. Yeah, so it is. You have to really make an educated purchase. Yeah, there we go. Seven that is my 10. weekly rec. My weekly rec is Lego Star Wars Ambush on Ferrix. I've got a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten for a Lego set. Maybe if I do it, maybe if I do own it and end up building it, I'll bring it to the show, yeah. and we can have a real, real life review of it. Eh? So we hope you enjoyed this review of the premiere season of Star Wars Andor. And for now, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye, and a goodbye from Corey. Goodbye.